Mindfulness Mode, Episode 36. I think the more we can get into our feelings and into our beingness and out of our thinking, that's the only way we can live a full life. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy. Thanks for the reviews on iTunes. I'm just going to read one by John Van Hoff. Bruce has created an informative show that will appeal to those of you wanting to get the most out of your life. His interviews are interesting, hold your attention, and seem like a casual conversation. I look forward to listening to more shows and expanding my understanding of mindfulness. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I'm totally thrilled to have Don Hutchison on the line today. Hey, Don, are you in mindfulness mode? I surely am, Bruce, and I'm glad to be with you today. That's super, and I'm glad to have you on the line as well. Don Hutchison has built six companies in the fields of publishing, advertising, and career planning, and he fully believes in the power of meditation, so much so that he's been meditating for 38 years. Don loves the art of communicating and makes that obvious as his role as host on his popular podcast called Discover Your Talent, Do What You Love. Don, tell our Mindful Tribe listeners, what's making you most excited right now? You know, Bruce, this uh, podcast that we've been doing for the past uh, six months, we spent the last, I don't know, year working on, is really uh, the culmination of 30 years of work, as funny as that sounds, because it uses all the talents and skills that I have been uh, developing over that time in the fields of marketing and publishing and career planning. And it's a, it's a great, uh, it's a great uh, sort of culmination of all those uh, experiences and putting the talents of our team together to put out a podcast that helps people get to the next level in their career because, as you well know, uh, the majority of people are not. And this show is, is designed just to share stories and insights and experiences that help people at any age from 18 to 80 make the next step. Yeah, and you know, it's really true that so many of us find it difficult to really figure out what our talents are and what our passions are. And you would think that would be the first thing we would know as we become young adults, but definitely not always the case. Well, Don, tell Mindful Tribe where you first started to become involved in mindfulness or meditation. Where did that first become a part of your life? I was in my uh, mid-20s. I'm I'm now in my mid-60s. And I was in my mid-20s, and I was just interested in Eastern modes of thought. I I, I don't know where that came from. I was raised in a Southern family and traditional uh, religious family, and uh, it was fine. It just didn't work for me. And uh, so I started reading Eastern thought, and I was just fascinated with the the notion of, uh, of meditation and mindfulness and uh, all the various aspects of consciousness, and uh, I just gravitated toward it. And one day, a friend of mine went to hear the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi uh, give a lecture in, uh, this was in Atlanta, and uh, they, it was actually a day's workshop, and I couldn't go. I was I had a work obligation, and the friend came back and told me about it, and uh, I was just, it sort of reaffirmed this couple of years of reading that I'd been doing, and I, I just started sitting quietly in my... Uh, in 
my office at the end of the day over a period of about a week and just started going deeper inside. And so at first, did you use some kind of guided meditation or you just kind of did it on your own and just used absolute quiet time? Well, well, that's a that's a keen question. I um, I had studied enough and read enough about mantras that uh, I just latched on to a mantra, and I used that mantra and have used it ever since. And is that a personal mantra or one that you would uh, be interested in sharing? Well, I, I don't know. Um, it's more personal, but sure. I think but I think the notion of a mantra of any kind. Uh, as I understand it, I'm, I'm not a, uh, a scientist about this, but just having a, a way to clear your mind and allow your your thoughts not to overrun you when you're sitting quietly in a space. And, you know, people do it breathing. Counting your breath is the uh, relaxation response talked about uh, 20 years ago, right? That's certainly one way. It's almost the same, in my opinion anyway, it's almost the same te- technique. Just counting your breaths or having a mantra so that you you gently come back Get, get, let your thoughts not overrun you, and then you get to that, go to that deeper place. Yeah, that's that's fascinating, Don. I, I do the same thing. I use mantras, and it really helps me to kind of get focused or maybe to take away the focus that my brain is, you know, doing at the time, and it can really help. So <clears throat> you were in your 20s. You started that, and where did where did mindfulness and meditation go from there? Well, I ended up um, taking, um, I was, I've, I've worked out since I was in my mid-20s and did the, did the traditional stuff, and I ran, ran some distance running and did all the health stuff. But I started, I wanted to take Tai Chi, and uh, I called up, this was in Atlanta, and I called up the, uh, the uh, embassy for the uh, Taiwanese, I think I've got that right, in Atlanta. I hope I've got that right. This is so many years ago, I hadn't thought about it. And I got the... Uh, the man that was in charge, George Shia. And I talked to him and I said, I want to study Tai Chi. Can you give me a recommendation? And he said, I'll teach you. Wow. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't know me from Adam's house cat. And I didn't, I didn't know him, but he lived a handful of miles away from where I was living in Buckhead and he was out in Shambly. And so I just learned the, uh, I went out to his place uh, once a week for uh, over a year and, uh, and studied Tai Chi. And it was pretty amazing. It was very, it was very much in line with uh, the whole meditation thing. That led, that led to uh, keto and yoga and, and other modalities, but all about the, the point of view of being quiet and, and connecting with everything else out there that's not your mind. So how did Tai Chi, Aikido, yoga, mindfulness, how did all of those things help you with your business? Oh, and, and as you know, in countless ways, because it's so easy, especially when you're an entrepreneur. Um, being an entrepreneur is exciting. It's all I've ever known. But, you know, it has uh, its own huge share of stress. Any job does. Any a corporate job has stress. But uh, you're out there on the uh, you're out there in the hustings by yourself and uh, with your little tribe. And so it just helps you keep a balance and not let um, not link, let things get out of perspective because there's so many different dimensions to starting a company and so many ways that you can get uh, sidetracked or, or, or get dispirited because you're going up against more established companies and you're doing something usually new and innovative and have to find your audience and 
you know, there's, there's just myriad aspects of that. So it just helps you stay present, helps you be here now when uh, your, your, uh, your amygdala wants to run and say, yikes, I, I got to get out of here. This is too stressful. Or yeah. what, what, what was I thinking? Uh, you know, uh, you know, we started an ad agency, we started an ad agency from scratch as one of the companies, one of the second company I did. And there were hundred and there were 200 ad agencies in the city where we started. What were we thinking about? Well, okay. You, you let yourself, you, you trust your instincts, you trust your values and you stay centered and you know, you just, uh, you move forward. Well, you really do. And, you know, Don, I want to talk about communication because I know you're an excellent communicator in many ways. You've studied Russian and you've obviously communicated with the staff at different times in your businesses. How did mindfulness help you with your communication? Well, I think uh, so much of communication is about emotional intelligence and uh, the logic of communication and the uh, the uh, strategy and tactics of communication, the structure of communications are, you know, there it is. But it, it's, it's not that hard if you have the basic skills. But the, the hard part is is empathy and compassion and uh, connection to other people. And so that's, in fact, I just read in Forbes that empathy is the, the characteristic that companies are looking for more than anything else, if you can imagine. Isn't that a beautiful thought? Yeah. Looking looking for empathy more than just knowledge and technical skills. But 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 when, but when you're present, when you're present, or at least present x amount of time, more than you're not, or at the right times, then you can you can use emotional intelligence, and you can be you can deploy emotional intelligence to listen to other people as well as listen to yourself. And if you're the leader, the tendency can be, well, I'm in charge, and I've you know as you get older you get better and better at running things and it's it's a real trap to fall into to think that uh you're the one that with all the answers because you're not you know the people out there they have talent and they have things to add to the conversation so if you can have compassion and you can be open you can hear their point of view and it makes the whole team and the whole tribe work better Right, and mindfulness is really about empathy and compassion, at least in my mind. But tell us in your mind, what is mindfulness? What's your definition or what are your thoughts around the term? Well, you know, there are all these, all these phrases and descriptors of it. Uh, you know, totally the power of now and be here now. And I, I think it really is um, being inside yourself, being... I mean, really being here now is, is really what it is. And we, we live in a world now especially, and I, I love the Internet and I love everything about technology or most things about technology, but what technology does is put you in your, in your mind, in your logic and processing facts. And uh, all you have to do is go into a computer store nowadays and talk to the really well-meaning and smart and talented technicians there and see that they're solving problems, but they're not connecting very well. Because if you ask them a question outside of their skill set, which I've done, I've got an Apple MacBook Pro, which I love, mm -hmm. and uh, you ask them a question outside their skill set, and they say, oh, we can't help you with that. Uh, I'm sorry, we, we're, we're, that's not in our wheelhouse. We, uh, we can only work on the Apple questions. Well, I've got an application here. That, oh, I'm sorry, we can't do that. So, every, you know, it's, it's what's happening in Amazon, right? The stories that came out recently on Amazon of cultivating uh, worker bees and uh, people that are just doing the task, doing the task. And um, I think if you're not here now, I don't know what the point is. 
You know, I mean, I don't know what the point is. I work as hard as anybody, but I want to be able to look outside at the sunny day and watch the sun coming off the off the uh, the leaves on the trees, or watch the bird fly, or go pet my cat. And if you're in your egoic mind, you have a hard time doing that. Yes, you really do, Don. With all of these years of of meditating and practicing mindfulness, was there ever a time when you found a challenge with it that mindfulness just didn't seem to be working for you? Well, it 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 didn't work when I didn't do it. That's <laughs> that's that's all I can say. Uh, yeah. it, it it always works, and uh, this I mean, you know, the, the expression coming up and called having a rough meditation. Well, okay, that's very very accurate. I mean, of course you have rough meditations. I mean, if you just had a you know, if you just had a setback in your business or your personal life or you've had a fight with your significant other or your business partner or you've heard some troubling news about, you know, the environmental impact study or the Excel pipeline or whatever it is that, you're, that you think is very valuable, yeah, it's hard. You can't sit down and be in bliss. It's, um, you, you will have a rough meditation. But the point is that the discipline of it, in my experience anyway, the discipline of it is uh, that's just life. That's just life. That's you have to uh, you have to just keep on doing it. Well, I was just going to ask you about discipline, and you know, it's really great to get a feel of what your thoughts are on discipline because we all have different thoughts. How do you feel that our mindful tribe listeners can stay disciplined to keep practicing mindfulness? Well, you know, that's a that's a very personal question to every listener out there. And uh, all I know, I've had periods, look, I mean, let, let's be utterly transparent, Bruce. I've, I've had periods where, depending on what I was going on, going what was going on in my life, that I haven't, my practice hasn't been front and center. I've had periods of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and as Dr. Phil said, how's that working for you? <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it doesn't work as well. And so I find, and there are lots of different ways to get back to it. I mean, sitting, sitting in, a, in a chair, sitting on your bed with a pillow behind your back and, and using your mantra and doing it at, uh, in the mornings, or in my, I like the afternoons better, uh, and doing that in a, a real systematic way is, uh, is one way to do it. Other times, just, you know, all the things you've heard all your life, taking the, the quiet walk in the afternoon or, or just... Uh, laying flat on the bed and just just letting things chill out, you know, just letting your body relax and chill out. The more the more disciplined you can be, that I can be, the better. But as long as I know that nothing is more important than than mindfulness, I I just carry it with me. I can be sitting in a I can be sitting in a doctor's office for an appointment or I can be uh even in the grocery store at Whole Foods, uh just the way I just engage the shopping experience, uh, you know, it, the, the more I do that, and I don't always do that, for heaven's sakes. I'm a human being, you know, with with all the issues that we human beings have. But when I can do that, I'm just, um, I just, I, th- I thrive. I, I just, I just do much better. And uh, it's funny, I'll tell you this. this you, you may find this interesting. I said I'm, I'm in my mid-60s, and uh, I just had my annual blood work, and... Uh, the uh, you know blood work's pretty important, right? Yeah, that's for sure. You get that done, and uh, I had a a, a ten year uh, series of, of blood things done, and then I just kept it on file for some reason. And I had had it done about a week ago, 
there was no difference. There was no difference. And, really? and, the, and the blood work and the doctor wrote back and said, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing with your life? Well, I, you know, I, I eat right. I'm actually vegan now, but I always was low on, didn't eat much dairy or meat anyway when I wasn't vegan. And now I'm vegan, so I don't eat any, any of that. But, but uh, yeah, I, I, just paying attention, exercising, practicing mindfulness, and my numbers look 30 years younger than I am. I mean, that, that ought to be a pretty good testimonial to listeners. And I was, I'm very proud of that. I don't say that buzzfully. I say it gratefully just to, to, the, <laughs> to the universe that, because uh, as, as you and I have discussed before the call, when you're, you've built some companies, it's, it's, it's rather stressful. So because I've, I've eaten right and, uh, and been mindful and exercised, and uh, it's allowed me to get through this. I don't know what would have happened. I don't think those numbers would be very good had I not done all of these things. In fact, I think they would be terrible. Right. Well, you know, congratulations. You're a real role model for so many of us because it's not easy these days, you know, staying disciplined to do those things that you mentioned and to stay healthy. That's for sure. Don, I've worked in bullying prevention for some time and I've seen how the practice of mindfulness can it can really make a big difference in the lives of children or adults who have been bullied. Do you have a story about a bullying situation that you could share with us that may have involved mindfulness? You know, I, I was thinking about that when before we talked, and um, actually I have, there are several situations that come up, and uh, I was thinking about one in a business that I was involved in where a partner just uh, went off on, it was the advertising business, and that's mm-hmm. a, it's a very stressful business. Uh, what, what business isn't stressful? But this one was, had to do with a big account, and we were growing fast, and this this one partner, who's a very fine man, uh, very fine man, good man, just uh, went off on one of our uh, younger people because something happened that he didn't like. Mm-hmm. And uh, this young person, um, this young person was doing the best they could, and they were good-hearted and good-centered, but they'd made a mistake. And uh, so, um, you know, I, my tendency was to want it to want to. Uh, I don't know what my tendency was, but a part of me wanted to rail back and say, "What in the blazes are you thinking, you moron? This is one of our, this is one of our cherished employees," mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted to get mad, and uh, I just looked at him. That's all, and I just called him by name. I didn't yell him by name. I just called him by name and said, "Okay, so." That's all. Just okay. So, what are you going to do now? You're going to you're going to throw the glass of tea in her face? Are you going to <laughs> grab her by her hair? You, what are you going to do? And I said, okay. So, so what now? And he was just embarrassed. And I didn't do that. It wasn't an ego play on my part at all. Don't misunderstand. I mm-hmm. wasn't Mr. Ego Don being so cool that I could say, you know, look what you did. I just, I just, I don't know. It just hit me as a, as a, as a real. Uh, is a real bad thing to do, and I, I just hit me at a soul level, and I just thought this this isn't this isn't good. So I just got I guess I got to a vulnerable place, and uh, he um, he was embarrassed. Instead of instead of keeping on and going into a rage, he just uh, he just pulled back, and he said, uh, "You're right," and then he apologized. 
Right. So it really sounds like it was a, a very mindful way that you dealt with it because, you know, it's so easy for our emotions to just jump into play in a situation like that. Well, mine, mine have at different times too. Sure. sure. But in, in that case, in that case, it, they didn't. And, uh, I don't know. I just, I just see it in life so much that, uh, it's so easy to have that knee jerk reaction. And again, I'm, you know, I'm aggressive and I'm a, alpha male with my mother and grandmother's heart. So maybe I'm not over the, over the hill alpha male. Cause I, I think the alpha male model is way, way, uh, has a lot of negative sides, but you know, I, the mindfulness and, and having important female figures in my life, I think gave me a, a, a capacity to deal with some of these issues in a, in a more, um, in a more compassionate way, more, more times than not, maybe, because I've certainly fallen prey to the, you know, to the uh, to the anger part, I've done that. Sure, Don. My next questions are part of the multi-mode round. Just short, thirty-second answers are perfect. Here's the first one: Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice? You mean anybody outside of my life that I don't even know? Well, it could be. Well, I think Eckhart Tolle. I, I, I've read uh, I've read like you a zillion books on on this whole thing. But uh, when I read The Power of Now. And again, I'd been meditating. This was in 2001, and I started meditating long before that. But I just, I just liked how, how he talked about it, and I liked about how he framed it. And I'd read the classical, all the well, most of the classical books about it. And um, I don't know. I, I just think when people ask me, "What would you read about meditation?" I think of him, Pema Chodron. There, there are many, many others. John Kabat-Zinn, on and on and on. But I just thought I, there's something about that book that that did it for me. For sure. How has mindfulness affected your emotions? Oh, in utterly profound ways. Um, I don't, you know, uh, life is not an intellectual equation. Einstein said, I, I never happened on one of my discoveries through the process of rational thinking. Einstein said that. He was a pretty logical guy. I think the more we can get into our feelings and into our beingness and out of our thinking, that's the only way we can live a full life. And, and mindfulness has done that. Tell us how breathing is a part of your mindfulness practice. Well, it, um, it's, it's seminal to it. Um, it's very seminal to it. Um, I don't know how to, I don't know how to do it if I'm not, you know, it's interesting, Bruce. I haven't been in yoga classes for a while now in the last few years, but I was even more conscious of that when I was doing different kinds of yoga than now. But uh, I have a lower back issue, and so I'll lay flat on my back every hour for five or ten minutes and just to let that lower back stretch out, mm-hmm. and that's all about breathing. It's all about just breathing as deeply as I can and as, as slowly and quietly as I can. Right, right. Don, I know you've talked about books, but if you could recommend one single book on mindfulness, what would it be? You know, there's so many that I've read, and I have to think that— uh, I'd have to go back to the power of now. Can you share an app which helps you be more mindful? Is there one you use or one you know of? You know, that's a really great question, Bruce. And uh, there's so many out there. And there's <laughs> this is going to sound funny because I've, I've been doing a deep dive into the Internet for over five years, my business partner and I. And there's something I see a lot. I heard about one the other day. But the answer is no. There's something about <laughs> There's something about having an app and mindfulness that is counterintuitive to me. That's, the only, that's my bias because they're great apps for this. 
and they're great ways, great apps that people use. And no, I just, I just use, uh, I just use my breathing and my mantra. That's good to know. And you know, we're all different. And so it's really good to get your feedback on this. What advice would you give to a person who is new to mindfulness and they're thinking about starting to use it in their life? You know, Bruce, the, uh, the big hurdle to overcome about mindfulness, about meditation, about consciousness is just the, the nomenclature. Because people think, oh, gosh, you know, um, that sounds Eastern or that sounds uh, too metaphysical and I'm just a good pragmatic lawyer, doctor, Indian chief, whatever, and I don't know. So anyway, so the way to get that out of the equation, in my experience, there was a book written in 1975 by this guy named Herbert Benson called The Relaxation Response. I haven't looked at that book for, good Lord, 20 years. But at the time, as I recall now, as I recall... Uh, this is a Harvard professor. He broke apart. He broke apart meditation and made it more pragmatic. And so it's about counting your breaths, and it's the science of meditation. So instead of a mantra or instead of some other uh, metaphysical or consciousness terms, you just count your breaths. So you literally, and I've, I've shared this with many, many people over the years. They say, "Oh, I, I don't know how to get into this," and. It's intimidating. I'll say, okay, can you, sit, can you sit in a room quietly and turn everything off? Can you count your breaths? What do you mean? Well, inhale, one. Inhale, exhale, one. Inhale, exhale, two. Inhale, exhale, three. And repeat. Well, is that it? That's it. Just do that. Do it for five minutes. Do it for 15. Do it for 20 minutes and see what happens. You know, no interruptions, nothing. Just do that. And, you know, it's interesting I, when I talk to them later, those that do it, some do, they say, well, that was interesting. I said, what'd you feel? Well, I just wasn't so, um, I don't know, I just relaxed a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's, that's called relaxation response. <laughs> that's what happens. You're, you're, our minds are computers, and they just run, run, run. They're, they're great tools, but they're a tool. Our, our minds aren't our essence or our beingness or our whole spiritual being by any stretch of the imagination. So if you can use that those techniques from this relaxation response, it's a good way to start, in my opinion. Yeah, I really agree with that for sure. You know, Don, I want to ask you about your podcast because it's called Discover Your Talent. It's a great podcast. And one of the things that I find with people is so many people that I talk to don't really know what their passion is. They don't really, they haven't really stopped to think, well, what is my thing? What is my talent? And yet you're doing a podcast all about that. Can you share with us how you came up with the idea and a little bit more about your podcast? Thank you for asking. In 1988, I was in the advertising business and um, had, had a really great run in the advertising business. Had some great partners and great staff and team. <clears throat> and, um, but I was, I was ready to do something different, and I went through some assessments that uh, had been around for a long, long time, since the 20s, that help you understand how you're, if you will, hardwired and how you, how you solve problems and communicate and learn. And it got me to thinking that... Um, how few of us know that that starting point. So that led me to get into, after about a year and a half later, two years later, I ended up 
getting out of the agency business, selling the company and starting a company that focused on those kinds of things. And a, a psychologist and I created a whole modality that helps you do that. And it's still going on 25 years later. And so the, the podcast takes those, that, those learnings and expands on it and allows us to, I decided, wouldn't it be fascinating to interview people, since most people aren't in their sweet spot, as I call it. They're not, they may be making plenty of money or not. They may be doing what they, they love a little bit of the time, but, I mean, no job is bliss all the time anyway, but, but, but they're still not in sync with, with their total self. I guess the answer to the question is, Bruce, that it's, it's, it's more complicated than the atom bomb. It's more complicated than anything because the human being is made up of so many, so many parts. And so our society and our schools and everything, our corporations don't focus on but a small part of who we are. It's up to us to fill in the gaps. And, and typically we don't. That's why the high numbers of, of dis, disenfranchisement, you know, mid-70s, high-80s around the world. And so the podcast goes deep with individuals and says, okay, Let's talk about the turning points in your life when you had a chance to make decisions, choices, and changes, and what you did and what worked and what didn't. And you find that the people on the show, um, they're very transparent about it. And, you know, it's, it's a sort of a trial and error process. It's not, it's not flawless. But if you're at least focused on it, if you're conscious about it, speaking of consciousness, you can get there. You can get to what you need if you have the you have the discipline and you're willing to dig deep into yourself and all the different aspects of your life and who you are, all, all the different aspects of your, your beingness, you can get what you want. You can get, and the people that do succeed, that small percentage, have done just that. They've had the courage to face adversity, to take chances, to, to go inside and be reflective about what works for them and what doesn't and to come out with a good solution. Well, it's a great podcast, and it's fantastic that you're doing that. Don, it's been such a pleasure to spend this time with you today, and I'm really inspired by all the many things you've done in your life. How can we contact you or learn more about what you do? Well, thank you so much. It's been a great pleasure, and I really love the idea of this show, and I wish you continued success. It's much needed, so thank you for that, Bruce. You're you can You can go to um, discovertalentpodcast.com. And if people want to email me, they can go at they can go to Don at DYT as in Discover Your Talent Podcast.com. Don at DYT Podcast.com. Yeah, I'd love to uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear from folks. Great, super. Well, thanks again and all the best to you, Don. It's my pleasure and thank you so much, Bruce. Okay, bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out MindfulnessMode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. In appreciation, I'll mention you at the top of an upcoming show. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.